All right, all right. Welcome to the New Day Podcast with Pastor Nate Morris. I am your host, Pastor Nate Morris, and we are so glad that you are listening today. Um, On this podcast, we want to uh, intentionally address a lot of those subjects that uh, maybe might be taboo to talk about, maybe those things that you shouldn't talk about around the dinner table, and really just uh, hit them head on with what the Word of God has to say. And so we've talked about everything from politics to race and um, today I want to tackle a subject that uh, we're getting a lot of questions about recently, and that is eschatology and end times theology, uh, and really just kind of pick this apart a little bit and see how this relates to our current state uh, in the nation, in the world, and everything that's going on. And so I have a very special guest with us today, and that is Pastor David Guzik. Um, many of you know who Pastor David is, and uh, he's a, a Bible commentator, an author, a speaker. Um, he has had uh, indirectly, I mean, directly, but not maybe known about it, a, a profound influence on my ministry as well. I mean, I use his commentaries every single week, as I know many thousands of people do um, in preparation for our messages on Sundays. And so very thankful that David uh, was willing to give some of his time today to be on the program. So David, welcome to the program. Pastor Nate, it's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. So glad you could join us. Um, David, I know um, you have done many things in your ministry, and, and recently you've been focusing on a lot on speaking and on, on your commentary and finishing up some things there. What, what's going on in your world lately? Well, it's kind of interesting. Before the year 2020, uh, some substantial part of my ministry was to travel around to different churches and perhaps a conference here and there and speak. Maybe it would be here in the U.S., maybe internationally. Uh, But, you know, all that's been shut down. So really what it's given me is sort of a blessed opportunity to put even more focus on the direction that I really reach the most people through. And that's through my online resources, such as the commentary through the entire Bible. And then there's also a lot of different audio and video resources. So I've been able to devote a lot of attention to those. And I have to say, I've, there's been a part of me that's really enjoyed it, just staying home and investing in those things. Yeah, that's great. Just a, a, not not quite a sabbatical, but a, an opportunity to refocus and kind of uh, think through some different things right now. Yeah, it's been a sabbatical from travel. Yeah. Uh, I keep working really hard, even though uh, my commentary is complete through the entire Bible. Uh, I, I don't think I'll ever say that it's finished. Right. Because the kind of thing that I continually work on, revising, editing, updating, correcting, sometimes it's simple grammatical things. Other times it's me taking on a book and saying, you know, I I went through this 25 years ago. I think I could do it a lot better today. Yeah. I just did that with the Leviticus. And uh, man, I just love doing that. That's awesome. That's great. And so I actually didn't realize that you were continually revising. I might have to uh, spend, I, I've been, you usually use your commentary from the Blue Letter Bible website. Um, I don't know if that's the most updated or not, but I probably have to start looking at your website then, I would imagine. I have to say, you know, I love the Blue Letter Bible guys and their website is amazing. It mm-hmm. is a top-notch Bible resource that's absolutely free on the internet. Uh, but they only update my commentary every few years. Yeah. Uh, and that I have at enduringword.com that's updated, you know, weekly actually. Right. Wow. Okay. Awesome. So that's the best resource. If people want to learn more about your ministry, if they want to um, look into your commentaries, if they want to get some resources from you, enduringword.com is the best place to go. 
Yeah, that probably is. Sure. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for being with us on the program today. And uh, as I said, what, what I would hope to discuss a little bit today is to talk through uh, eschatology and end times, which is the study of the end times, for those of you who don't know what that word means. Um, and really a lot of questions swirling around with the, the events of 2020, right? Because this year has been uh, one thing after another. It's kind of like uh, we're just wandering through the crosswalk, you know, looking both ways to make sure we don't get hit by a car and then an airplane comes out of the midst and just knocks you out, right? Just totally unexpected, all kinds of things that many people weren't expecting to happen this year. Um, and so the question that I've been getting a lot and has been swirling in a lot of people's minds is, does uh, this year, 2020, uh, are there things that we're looking at that point to us being in uh, the end times? You know, obviously we've known that we've been in the end times since the time of, of Jesus, uh, but, but in a different sense. And then, you know, there's, there's some other things along with that that we'll d discuss here in a minute as well. But I just wanted to get your two cents on that, David. Nate, I think I'm going to give you a very unsatisfactory answer. Yeah. It's a simple answer that theologians would give. I would just say simply this, yes and no. Okay, so here's the yes part. Yeah. The, the Bible describes what the world will be like in the very last days before the return of Jesus. Right. That's relevant to what we call the rapture of the church and the glorious return of Jesus that's described in Revelation chapter 19. Yes. The, describes a particular political environment, a particular social environment, a particular economic environment. It describes a particular a governmental environment. And of course, it describes a spiritual environment. Uh, I would say that the world fits that scenario more now than it has in the last 50 years. Yeah. It's, so in that sense, that gives me a lot of anticipation. Yes, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. That's on the one. But I'm going to tell you frankly, Nate, and look, this may put me in disagreement. I, I would hope to be a friendly disagreement with other people. I, I don't see anything particular, for example, in the coronavirus that says this is the end time. I don't see anything particular in a lot of the um, social unrest that we've had and uh, protesting and rioting in the United States in the last month or so. I don't see anything particular in those things. Right. I come back to what Jesus said in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus said, um, uh, he said, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Yes. In other words, I think that in the beginning of the Olivet Discourse, Jesus is saying, you're going to face a lot of difficulty and tribulation in the world. Mm -hmm. Those things in and of themselves aren't the signs of the end. And then he points towards a particular sign starting at verse uh, 15, the abomination of desolation. So in any regard, what I'm just saying is that um, it's always been the tendency of humanity to look at some current catastrophe right. and say, this means Jesus is coming back. Well, look, not Jesus said these kind of things would happen. Those in and of themselves were not the specific sign of the end. Yeah. So I kind of hold it with both hands. 
the general scenario I see to be more true today than ever, but the specific events of the recent past don't tell me uh, in and of themselves that Jesus is coming as any closer. Yeah, I would, um, I'd agree with that. I think the, you know, that specifically what you said, the section from uh, Matthew chapter 24 speaks so clearly to that. And, and I think of, you know, Jesus said that, that one will be at the mill, another will be, two will be sleeping in one bed and one will be taken. It really speaks to um, a going on as usual in a sense. Now, of course, we know that the condition of the world, as you said, will be uh, very similar to what we're faced with right now. But um, the, the reality is people will be carrying on with life as usual from what we can see. Would you agree with that? Well, that's what Jesus said. He said that it would be as it was in the days of Noah, where people were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage all up until the catastrophe came. Mm-hmm. I think that the first aspect of the return of Jesus, what we would call the rapture of the church, that that's going to happen to a world that is largely asleep or at least ignoring of those specific spiritual dynamics. Um, If somebody wants to regard our present crises that we're going through as sort of a warning call from God or a way that God might get our attention, yeah, I I can agree with that. But I don't see those as being specific signs of the return of Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, you know, being of the Calvary Chapel tradition, um, we you know, hold a pre-tribulational rapture position. Um, for those who are listening that maybe aren't fully versed in eschatology yet, what, what would you, how would you describe that succinctly? Um, and what is the, the biblical backing for that position, that pre-tribulational rapture? What does that look like? Well, it, it, it really is a matter in which there are a lot of different opinions about in the Christian world. Mm-hmm. There's a substantial number of Christians who just kind of throw out the idea of a rapture at all, and they just kind of think of it in other terms. Uh, I would also say, and I I know you as well, Nate, we we believe that there's going to be a very significant seven-year period that precedes, comes before the glorious return of Jesus, as it's described in Revelation chapter 19. Well, Nate, there's lots of Christians who don't even agree. They, oh, it's just a symbol, this and that. But I mean, we would say that. But Among those Christians who believe and take seriously this idea of a last seven-year period, some people believe that Jesus Christ is going to come for his church, for his people, at the end of the seven years. Some people believe they'll come for his church sometime in the middle of the seven years. And some people believe, and you and I would be of this third group, we believe that Jesus Christ is going to come for his church uh, either before or at the very, very beginning of that seven-year period. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and um, there's many reasons that we see that, both in thematically through the scriptures. You know, you see um, the, the divine rescue of Lot, and, you know, when, when Abraham's saying there, well, would you, you know, destroy the righteous with the wicked, and that whole picture. But even from a biblical standpoint, um, you know, when Paul's speaking to the Thessalonian church and, you know, over and over again, this, this idea of us as believers being spared the wrath that is coming upon the world. Um, so what do you be, feel like is the, the strongest argument for a pre-tribulational rapture of the church? Well, I, I boil it down to this, is that 
the Bible gives what on the surface might seem to be contradictory information about the return of Jesus Christ. In some places, it says that Jesus returns to a world, as we discussed before, that is completely business as usual. Things mm-hmm. are just operating as they always have. In yeah. other places, it says that Jesus returns to a world that is in utter cataclysm, utter catastrophe. Yeah. So which um, some places say in the Bible that Jesus returns at an hour and a day that is absolutely unknowable. Yeah. There's passages that say, from this day, it'll be this many days right. until the end. Yeah. So which is it? Is his return knowable or unknowable? Um, there are some places where it says that Jesus is coming for his church, and he'll meet them in the air. There's other places that say that Jesus is coming with his church, and he's coming to the earth. Yeah. So which I believe that the best resolution of what appears to be, and I'm not saying it is contradictory evidence, but it's not contradictory at all, because what it tells us is that there are actually two significant aspects of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yes. There is catching away of God's people to be with the Lord in the air, and then there is the glorious return of Jesus Christ with the armies of heaven at what is commonly called the Battle of Armageddon. And whether or not there is some distance between those two events, that's sort of the debate among the Christians who believe in that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would agree with you. I think that that, that body of evidence that says, you know, there's going to be a day when believers meet Christ in the air, there's going to be a day that he comes. Um, it really does speak to two separate events. And that combined with the sparing of the church from the period of judgment on the earth of the wrath of God being poured out uh, really speaks to that. And the, the reason I ask is because a, a lot of people I know are um, very concerned with where our world is right now, the state of our world. And, uh, and I would say even fearful of this being the end times in a literal sense of like, you know, the tribulation is now or coming very soon and, you know, we better get ready. And I think that as a believer, especially as a pre-tribulational rapture believer, I think that the end times, uh, you know, the, 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 even the tribulation is not something that we should be fearful of. Um, as you said before, Maranatha, right? Come, come Lord Jesus, come soon. Um, it's something that we should look with expectancy towards rather than shrink back from. Um, and so I think a lot of the, the fear that might be going on today in our world regarding the current events and where it's leading and what that looks like for the end times for us uh, is, is misdirected probably at best, but uh, misguided also. And, um, you know, I, I know there are many people right now that are saying, you know, go and stock up and make sure you have two years worth of food and buy all the guns you can and, and all of these types of things. Um, what would you say to a believer who is starting to think like that or has been kind of listening to people who are saying things like that in this season? Nate, I think we need to apply some biblical wisdom to this. Now, there is biblical wisdom in providing for your family and protecting your family and caring for your family. We absolutely recognize that, and it's irresponsible for us to do otherwise. Yeah. At the same time, if there was some great catastrophe and famine in our land, are we really going to be gunning down our hungry neighbors who want to? <laughs> Is this what we're going to do? Yeah. Uh, 
the spirit of Jesus. I've got my stockpile right. and I'll kill from get the spirit of Jesus would be to share. And when there is no more, we just trust God to provide. And if it would mean some kind of, you know, great difficulty for us, well, then Jesus said, as I've listened to some of those videos, Nate, I'll tell you, I said, well, the one thing that I perfectly agree with some of these fellows who have these videos is mm -hmm. Jesus promised us in the world, you will have tribulation. Amen. We, yep. And so it shouldn't surprise us. Um, but Jesus also said, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Yes. I, I, I want to put this into perspective because I think one of the bigger problems that we have is you and I sit as Christians in the United States of America in the 21st century. One of our big problems is, is that we have enjoyed all of our lives and at least a generation, probably two or three before us, of unspeakable wealth and comfort that has not been enjoyed anywhere else uh, in the same proportion by the same number of people ever in the history of the earth. Yeah. How we live right now is unusual. Yeah, absolutely. People, especially people in Bible times have lived lives that were on the edge and in constant danger. Right. And seeking that out, we gratefully receive the blessings of comfort and abundance that God has given us. Yes, absolutely. Providence of God, that season is over for either a short period of time or a longer period of time. Then we just simply recognize it before God and we trust him just like David did, just like Paul did, just like uh, Moses did. Because let me tell you, they lived lives that were a lot rougher than ours. They did. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing that it's so easy to forget is the reality that in our our current world even, but, but specifically in, in our country, we've enjoyed, um, as you said, such an abundance that uh, there is a lot of fear of losing that, uh, that I think that people have. There's a lot of fear of losing the comfort that people have right now. Um, and so where the early church looked with expectant joy at the return of Christ, I think that some people might be a little bit reluctant even at this point to, to say, well, I, I really want to go, you know, I, I want to be caught up right now where they're thinking, oh, I still have things I want to do in life. Right. And of course not, we don't wish for death. That's not what I'm saying, but you know, there, there's a, there's a, a comfort that keeps us from God's best for us sometimes, I think. It, Nate, um, I'm older than you are, of course. Uh, but do you remember Y2K? You, do you remember yes. that? The fear, the anticipation, yeah. all of that, that moment. I remember hearing a Calvary Chapel pastor preach uh, coming up to Y2K. And I think, I can't remember for sure, but I think it was Mike McIntosh. And he was talking about David, and he was teaching from one of the Psalms. And he said, David lived the crisis of Y2K every day. Right. <laughs> you know, to us in the 20 and 21st century, it seems like this horrific thing on the horizon. And it is. We're not rushing towards it. If we had a choice between living that way and not living that way, it's clear we wouldn't live in that state of crisis. But we don't need to be afraid of it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, one last thing I kind of just wanted to get your opinion on. Um, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time. One last thing I wanted to get your opinion on is there's a video that's been circul circulating around a bit uh, by a man, a pastor named Dana Coverstone. 
looked into him a little bit. He's a pastor of an Assemblies of God church, so so slightly more on the charismatic side of things. Um, as Calvary Chapel, you know, folks, we are charismatic by definition. We believe in the, the current working of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts. Um, but but he would be more on that spectrum than, you know, further on that spectrum than we would be. Uh, but he, he released a video just recently regarding a dream that he supposedly had um, before 2020 happened that in his mind predicted a lot of the things that have happened since then. And, and then a subsequent dream that now is, uh, is giving a warning for later this year. And I was just curious if you had any thoughts about this video in particular or any, you know, even videos like this or thoughts like this of the, the types of things that he was saying in that. Now, Nate, I watched most of that video. I didn't watch all of it, but it, in the parts I saw, he didn't announce any specific kind of catastrophe that was going to come upon the United States. Right. Not that I remember. Did I miss something in there? Did he talk? I mean, he definitely prophesied that there would be a significant catastrophe coming to the U.S. between September and November, by yeah. the end of November specifically. Uh, but was I, he wasn't no, specific. He, yeah, he didn't. Well, you know, to me, it's like, well, sure. As I said before, Jesus said in the world, you shall have tribulation. Right. Who of us can stand here and say, we know that nothing terrible is going to happen in the United States <laughs> in December, December next year? No, you Nobody. can't. Yeah. So he's right. Maybe he's wrong. Um, I don't think that you need a special revelation from God to give a very vague warning right. about bad stuff coming in a, what is that, September, October, November, in over a three-month period. Right. Who could be? Especially not this and, year. <laughs> this year, and with the presidential election yes. coming up, my goodness. Yes. Gosh, Nate, it's going to be crazy. It is. Months, weeks leading up to that. Yeah. Uh, but again, I don't think that that takes any particular prophetic insight to give a, a vague warning like that. But even so, it, if it is true, we should be prudent. If people want to take some additional preparation, that's fine. But our heart needs to be a giving heart of love to the world. Right. Not um, bunkered down and, you know, uh, blasting away at our neighbor right. who needs some food or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I don't know him and I don't, my intention isn't to judge him as a person, but, uh, but it's really easy to say you had a dream about something after the fact, right. With, with kind of where yeah. he came to from his dream last fall that, that kind of has followed up since then. And it's easy to give a vague, you know, prediction of something's going to happen, especially, you know, leading up to an election, especially in a year like this. So for me, I'm very skeptical of his, his claims. Um, at the same time, I, I mean, can God speak to dreams? We see that biblically, of course, time and again. And, and I, I've re read and met, you know, believers in the Middle East who had a dream where Jesus revealed himself to them and said, go and speak to this person and they're going to tell you about me. And they got saved, you know, as a result of that. So I don't want to discount dreams altogether, but I think that there, there is a, um, there, there's an element of discernment that we need to have, especially when somebody comes out. I, I listened, you know, very carefully, and I didn't hear one specific scripture reference in the entire 15-minute video. And for me, if if the word isn't 
prevalent and not, if not prominent in any sort of prophecy, then I think that there's something missing there. Would, would you agree with that? I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that, Nate. And I would just add this. You and I would both say to everybody listening to this, hey, something bad could happen Absolutely. In, the, in September, October, November. And if you think you maybe should prepare for it, then pray about it. But just do it all in the love of Jesus and the wisdom of Jesus. But here again, we just come back to that. I guess this is our verse for the day. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen. And and I think the other thing to remember is just coming from that standpoint of we believe that Jesus is coming back for the church. I think that this isn't this isn't something we should be afraid of. This is, no. you know, we sh- we we cling to Jesus Christ and whether or not he's right will prove itself, you know, that's to test the prophets to see whether what they say comes true, right? I mean, it it, it will surely in a few months we will know. Um, but either way, I would say if there is something that's working out of this and it is, it could be any of those things, you know, um, that we shouldn't expect that this will be the return of Jesus. We shouldn't expect that this will be the, um, the, 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 the tribulation or something like that based off what we can see from the prophetic timeline in scripture. Um, I don't believe, would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, David. Really appreciate it. Once again, uh, David Guzik with us on the program today. If you would like to learn more about David, if you'd like to, to read his, his Bible commentaries, which are excellent, um, you can go to EnduringWord.com. Uh, you can also find him on BlueLetterBible.com as well and on their app. And uh, thank you for being with us and uh, have a great day. God bless. I'm sick.